0: This is jimpinto.com e-news number 317, the 29th of August 2013. This e-news is read by Jim's text-to-speech robot, Mac Jimbo, or Mac Jimbot, if you prefer. As usual, there are five items and three feedbacks in this issue of e-news. Item 1. My bucket list trip to India. Last week, I arrived back home for my long-awaited bucket list trip to India. Wow! What an experience! We landed in Bangalore, now called Bengaluru, where I was born. This is the software hub of India, home of Infosys, Wipro and many others. Often called the Silicon Valley of India. On arrival, India hits you very quickly. The crowds, the continual construction, The noise and garbage everywhere. Within a few days, you start to ignore it, and even expect it. I'll be writing more about this in Reflections on India in a future E! News. A primary reason for our trip was to visit my family. Still centered in Bangalore, with two in Pune, and my eldest brother lives in England. I'm number seven in a family of ten, five boys and five girls, and I must tell you, I was emotional when I saw them all again, albeit older. I have a plaque in my home here in Carlsbad. Family is one of nature's great masterpieces. The glow of old memories, warmth, love and affection engulfed us all. After a week in Bangalore and Pune, we joined our overseas adventure travel group in Delhi. We were on a 17-day, Heart of India tour of North India, which none of us had seen before. We explored Old Delhi, with the rickshaw ride through a crowded bazaar and visit to the largest mosque in India. Then we toured New Delhi, the center of government for the world's largest democracy. Next we went overland to Ranthambore National Park, one of sites chosen for India's tiger conservation program. We stayed in a palace, at least it was built, relatively recently, like a palace. We stopped to explore villages and sites along the way. In Jaipur we were lucky to be there for the annual Tej festival, with close-up seats to witness the processions of decorated dancers, acrobats, camels and elephants. Of India's 1.24 billion population 70% is rural. We visited a village school and stayed overnight in a village camp. We mounted camels for a trek through the village and countryside. Then of course there was the incomparable Taj Mahal in Agra, built in the mid-1600s. It's truly the wonder of the world. We flew to Kuruho, with temples that have erotic stone carvings that symbolize the important role of love and energy in Hindu thinking, but still scandalize many. Finally, we arrived in Varanasi, the holiest of Hindu cities. It has an intense almost palpable atmosphere of spiritual devotion, with pilgrims from every part of the country crowding the narrow streets and bathing on riverbanks. The monsoons had raised the Ganges River to record high levels and all we managed to do was get in knee deep to make our ablutions. Wow! What a trip! This will take me months to digest, emotionally and philosophically. Item 2 Invences acquisition postscript. The announcement of the Schneider bid was leaked by the Invenci's board to generate a bidding war. But, no one else was really interested and the acquisition went through as expected. The Invenci's board earned high praise for doing what was needed to attract a price of about $5.2 billion. Now, one wonders what will happen with Invente's. Foxboro. The one proud process controls industry leader formed the central core of a string of acquisitions after the the January 1999 merger of two large, old-line British companies, CB&BTR, proclaimed, the biggest company you never heard of. But the innovative name could not hide underlying poor performance. Invences went into a debilitating, downward spiral. Architect of the bust, Alan Yurko was booted into oblivion. A series of managers bravely tried to keep the company afloat and now Schneider bought what was left. Oh well, this is what happens when giants crumble. And we'll see much more of this within the next few years. The automation majors all have feet of clay. Item 3. End of the traditional university. Publishing, music, shopping, journalism. All have been revolutionized by the Internet. Education is next. Now world-class tuition is free to anyone, anywhere in the world. Within the next few decades, half of the colleges and universities now operating in the U.S. will cease to exist. The technology driving this change is already at work, and nothing can stop it. The future looks like this. Access to college-level education will be free for everyone, the residential college campus will become largely obsolete, tens of thousands of professors will lose their jobs, the bachelor's degree will become increasingly irrelevant. Today, student loan debt is at an all-time high, an average of more than $23,000 per graduate, some up to $100,000 per year and tuition costs continue to rise at a rate far outpacing inflation. The college degree is already devalued and students keep defaulting on the debt required to pay for them. An important part of the college story concerns the impending financial collapse of many private colleges and universities and the shrinkage of many public ones. Will online education be as recognized as regular education? The world of education is shifting. The way that all of us are getting information, knowledge and ideas is increasingly shifting online as a result of the online information revolution. Item 4. Disruptive Technologies What technologies will most radically transform human life in the next 12 years to 2025? The McKinsey Global Institute has narrowed the most potentially disruptive down to a dozen. They are mobile internet, automation of knowledge work, internet of things, advanced robotics, driverless cars, next generation genomics, energy storage, 3D printing, nanotechnology, advanced oil and natural gas recovery, renewable energy, we have covered many of these technologies in past e-news issues. Altogether, the above technologies could generate 14 to $33 trillion. Much of that growth will be at the expense of older technologies and even entire industries falling into obsolescence. Leaders must be prepared to disrupt their own businesses and make the investments needed to affect change. By the time these technologies influence the economy in 2025, it will be too late for businesses, policymakers, and citizens to plan their responses. Nobody, especially business leaders, can afford to be the last to change. Item 5 industrial computer futures for several decades the technology used with industrial computers has had only incremental changes around core developments the programmable logic controller and distributed control systems were both invented in the nineteen seventies the standard PC was not used widely in industrial applications because the operating systems were not suitable for control and industrialized PCs started to replace PLCs. This led to the definition of the PAC, Programmable Automation Controller, which combined the functionality of the PLC and PC. Today, the use of PACs is shifting emphasis toward communication standards and software integration, with less emphasis on the hardware and more focus on total system performance. Everyone is now recognizing that the period of PC domination is over and that same trend is spreading rapidly in industrial environments. PCs are giving way to tethered, powered, and untethered, thin, clients and post-PC devices like smartphones and tablets. Raw horsepower is giving way to low power consumption. Processors are now so powerful that even inexpensive gadgets can handle most tasks. Local storage requirements are falling as more and more data is being pushed into the cloud. A major inflection point is quickly approaching for industrial automation. Mobile devices are taking over. My own view is that it's happening right now. As usual, there are three feedbacks. Feedback 1. Jake Brodsky is cynical about Schneider's purchase of Invencies. Jake writes, I have watched with dismay at all the horrible missteps taken by Invenzi since Wonderware was purchased many years ago. The only reason I believe we're still a customer is because, although there are better offerings on the market today, it isn't enough of an improvement to justify the retraining and investment of converting all the installations we have built on Wonderware. I hope Wonderware and Foxborough fare better under management by Schneider, but I'm not holding my breath. It has been a long time since these organizations have seen good leadership. It will take time to undo a lot of the defensive and ossified parts of these companies and to bring back the talent they lost. Feedback 2 The ever-cynical Bob Fritz doesn't want the Internet of Things. Bob says... I don't want thousands of tiny spies gathering data about everything and sending it to the IRS. I don't want some clunky machine adjusting things in my hotel room because my mood might change. I definitely don't want to spend thousands of dollars on actuators so that my gym can pre-adjust machines. And I don't want a hybrid car to preferentially draw down the battery so I can spend another hour or two charging the dang thing. If GE can't think of something people actually want, they should worry about why their stock is 30% lower than when Jeff Immelt took over. Feedback 3. Merle Borg provides this feedback on the last day news. Merle writes. The premise that the scientific age may be in a twilight phase certainly got my attention. I wonder if the Big Bang Theory or the unraveling of DNA, etc. were even pondered before they were formulated. I also like your formula, happiness equals reality divided by expectations. Today, in the developed world, we are continuously exposed to advertising, directly and indirectly. It has raised our level of expectations, and in very subtle ways has reduced our happiness. Well, that's this issue of E-News. Please send us your feedback. Send your email to jim at jimpinto.com Thank you for listening.